Good evening. My name is George, and this is the Place Your Name Here podcast. Um, episode one. This is my very first podcast, and I'm excited to be out here right now talking to everybody who who's ever listening. Um, I'm a little nervous, so what I plan on doing right now is kind of trying to jump right into it. I have this news story ready to go, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna bring it up and discuss it with y'all. Yeah, like I said, I'm a little nervous. Like I said, this is my very first podcast, so please excuse anything that y'all hear that's going on with the production or anything with the podcast that y'all don't like. I'm just trying to get it right. Like I said, this is my very first time doing this. Um, Okay, here it is. Brown 68 was observing juvenile court proceedings at the Shelby County Criminal Court in Memphis, Tennessee last March when he was approached by a woman who asked him to take a look at her child support case. He felt like he was obliged to help her and ended up going before a judge on her behalf. Um, when I insisted that the woman's charges be dismissed, he started talking about, I'm not an attorney, so-and-so, Brown explained. I said, you know it's wrong. You better than this. You know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to let y'all hear this audio clip from it. I just found it. Uh, it's, it's him going having a back and forth with the judge. It's kind of funny. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna play it. Here you are. We don't think that's necessary because okay, there's well, nothing adequate here in the, the record to bring this lady in front of this tribunal. matter for a hearing April 24th at if 9 a.m. If it pleases the tribunal, I will file a petition for habeas corpus and close this place down like I did before. If you make a comeback Mr. here Brown, one more time. you are very close to finding yourself in contempt. Excuse me, on what authority do you sit, by the way? As a former judge here, we have a rule in the 30th Judicial District that says every single magistrate referee has to be unanimously approved by every circuit, chancery, and criminal court judge. I don't recall that your name's ever been submitted, sir. This tribunal on a general sessions court's authority is insufficient to establish you. Therefore, I challenge your authority to hear it. By the way, what is that? Magistrate, sir, with due respect? Mr. Brown, the court finds you in contempt. Here, $10. That's all you we'll got on me. We'll you to 24, day, 24 hours out in the Shelby it, County The jail. maximum constant. You may have a seat. I'm not. $10. That's all you got. Get 20 the, Get the bailiffs. Go find the law. <laughs> or I'm reporting you to the court of judiciary, I'll have you charged with violation of process. Now, you want to get into this, let's get into it. This sorry Legal, operation sir. needs to stop. 24 hours, Shelby County Jail for contempt. You, you may have a seat. Excuse me. You wish if to you try to do this, hours? you need to straighten yourself up and you, you need to, to cite your authority. You wish to have a second day, Mr. Brown. What's that? You wish to have a second day. A second day? Day. Day? Yes, sir. I tell you what, you cite the authority. You find it. I looked it up before I came in here. You have $10 maximum contempt jurisdiction. That's two now days you jump in the Shelby in here. County Jail. You okay. Wish to continue. Okay, tell you what, I'll be out of here very shortly on a petition to habeas corpus, and I'll bring up all these problems. And guess what? You might not be operating tomorrow. Have a seat, sir. Okay, as a courtesy to the officers, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. All right. Cody. Circus, sir. That's three days. You can do all you want. jurisdiction I had to do it. You got to be up above trial judge. You got $10. Five days. 
<laughs> I like when he was saying, um, here's $10, here's $20. Okay, I don't know too much about Shelby County, Tennessee, but I do know that, man, it's 2015, man. How the fuck are you going to have a fucking magistrate? I mean, I lived in um, Louisville, Kentucky, and they had the Commonwealth of whatever. I think they were also called Shelby County or some shit like that. A fucking Commonwealth, man. Come on, it's 2015. It's time for you to motherfucker have judges and shit like that. And, 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 man, I don't know too much about the law, but it seemed like that Judge Joe Brown was pissed. And let me see. Um, <laughs> Brown was found in contempt when he reportedly became verbally abusive abusive to court workers and ignored juvenile court magistrate Harold Horns warning to calm down. According to the former TV judge who was running for Shelby County Oh, okay, I remember it. At this time he was running for district attorney. So, I remember it was something like it was something about how he was going back and forth with the district attorney in a newspaper or something like that. And it was like some type of big spectacle about the whole situation. Well, it's a year later, and he's finally getting jail time. I guess he got five days. Um, let me see if I can find it on here. It doesn't say the former judge. I always used to be high. Um, I don't see where it says how many days he got on here, but I think he had got like five days for it. And I mean, it's just funny to me because. I mean, he was just spinning the law to the judge. Like, he just, like, he was like, fuck it. I know the law. You know the law. I mean, he was talking about shutting the courtroom down and doing this to him and doing that to him. I mean, being a judge, I would figure if somebody came to you like that, as a lawyer or a former judge, that would be intimidating. But it's kind of funny. I thought that was just a very interesting story, and I would just like to, um... Share that with y'all. Let me see what else I can find here. Um, let me see. And this this is like the weirdest shit in the world. I seen this on what was Yahoo the other day. It's it's not about um kids that don't age or grow. Here I got the audio. Let me play it for you. It was something supposed to come on the Learning Channel. Nikki Freeman is a 40-year-old man with the body of a 10-year-old child. Gabrielle Williams is six years old, but is the size of a newborn. They share a mysterious condition that affects their ability to grow and develop. For every four years, they seem to age only one, baffling medical experts. I'm not... Ain't that supposed to be what, like, something what, uh, the movie Benjamin Button was about? Like, did he, oh, but he, you know, he aged backwards. Man, that's some weird shit, because I'm, I'm looking at a picture of this little girl, and if you to see this shit, you'd be like, what the fuck? I mean, man, she got a face like a fucking baby, man, and she's, like, the size of a baby, but she kind of look like, it's, like, I don't know, man, almost to me, kind of like a little fucking alien trying to play as a human, but, man... Really, we've drawn no conclusions whatsoever about her diagnosis. It's a condition that has no name and which has been seen in less than half a dozen cases around the world. Now, I mean, they haven't even figured out a name for this shit yet, man. I mean, is this the first time they ever seen it? Man, it's, that shit's so crazy. 
Wow. For the first time, one doctor might be able to give the family some answers. Just what is this mystery condition? Is it genetic? And could it be a threat to their children's children? For one of them, it will take an 11,000 mile journey and a life hanging in the balance. There's always a chance from anesthetic that something can go wrong. Waking up, Nicholas. Waking up. <laughs> hey, so if you want to learn more about that, you can go watch the Learning Channel. It's called. It's something about the forty-year-old man or some shit like that. I mean, it's just weird. I just read an article, article about it, and it just seems strange. Like, how how the hell do people see shit like that and cope, man? It's really weird to me. Wow. Um. Man, this is some weird shit right here. Derrick Rose accused of rape in a civil suit. Man. Let me see if I can find some audio on this. Man. Hold on. Click that there. Click that there. Oh, no audio, but... I guess Derrick Rose was hanging with some, um, I, I didn't know he lived in L.A., but he got a home in L.A., so what happened was he had went to, oh, he had a party at his, um, his house in L.A., and he, got, I guess he must have been fucking with this girl for about, like, three, four years, <laughs> but they only met 12 times, but he been messing with her for four years. She said they was in a relationship. But if you only met somebody four times, I mean, 12 times, that don't seem like no relationship to me. But, you know, whatever, whatever you, whatever you feel is best for you, then go ahead and do it. Hold on. Okay. A lawyer for Rose strongly denied the accusation, categorizing it as completely false and without any factual basis. Late Wednesday... The woman who has filed suit, identified only as Jane Doe, alleges that the 2010-11 NBA Most Valuable Player and two of his longtime friends, Ray, Ryan Allen, the younger brother oh shit, of Memphis Grizzlies guard Tony Allen and Randall Hamilton, identified in December 2014 New York Times story as Rose's manager, committed sexual assaults, sexual acts against her will in 2013. Let me see. According to a court document obtained by the plaintiff, the plaintiff claims she met with Rose approximately twelve times in two. Okay, I see what it's saying. Twelve times in 2011, ten times in 2012, and another five meetings in 2013, ending with the alleged rape. No criminal charges were sought stemming from the alleged incidents. Um, the civil complaint says the woman was reluctant to report the rape to authorities because she feared retaliation and did not wish jail time for Rose. Instead, she filed a, a civil lawsuit with hopes of recovering what she says are damages to, damages to her life from the alleged incident. Um, uh, ain't really too much here I can see. The suit also claimed that Rose Hampton and Allen slipped a drug into her oh shit, slipped a drug into her drink during a visit to Rose Beverly Hills, California, home on August 26, 2013, and that the pursuit of her continued after she and her pursuit of her continued after she and her friend left Rose's house. Damn! So they posted 
had drugged her. Oh, man. And saying that they kicked down her door and raped her, man. They followed her home. Okay, this is what they did. They Well, this is what the allegations say. They drugged her, followed her home, kicked down her door, and raped her. <laughs> they she took a cab home and they followed her in the cab. Oh man, oh, okay. So it was something that they were asking her to have sex with everybody at the party. They asked all the girls to get naked and do all type of weird shit. And I guess she wasn't with it. So she left. But I guess before she left, somehow they must have drugged her. And the woman claimed that Allen, who was briefly on the Bulls roster in 2012, called her a month later, stated he was not aware the woman was drugged and thought she had wanted it. While adding that girls in L.A. Okay, I'm trying to understand this. While adding that girls in L.A. asked them to have group sex because they recognized them as NBA players. Man, some weird shit. After news of the complaint broke, Lisa Cohen, Rose's lawyer, lawyer, denied allegations against his client, against her client, in in an early Thursday morning statement detailed by Liz Mullen of the Sports Business Journal. The plaintiff's allegations are completely false and without any factual basis. This is nothing more than a, a, a desperate attempt to shake down a highly respected and successful athlete. Mr. Rose in a non-exclusive consensual sexual relationship with the plaintiff for over two years. The plaintiff expressed no complaints about Mr. Rose until various lawyers began to surface and demand that the plaintiff be paid millions of dollars. This is the third lawyer the plaintiff has retained in the matter two years have passed since Mr. Rose ended the consensual relationship. So, so I guess, I don't know. I mean, some serious shit. Rape, man. I mean... Man, it's like gang rape too. If you're looking at the deeper end of it, I mean, rape period. You gotta, man, you gotta watch yourself if you rose. You can't, you can't put yourself in a situation like that. I guess that'd be the easiest thing to say, but I know it's the hardest thing to do. But man, if he did this shit, that's fucked up. You know, man. Let me see here, man. I I just think that, you know. It's, it's easy. Man, you got all that money, man. It's, I know it's easy to say that, that you know, hey, you got all that money, man. You could go buy a prostitute or you could go, man, you should be able to get any girl you want. I know it's easy to say that shit, but, you know, you never in, you, if you're in that situation, you don't know how that shit going to turn out. But, man, if they did drug that girl and rape her, man, that's fucked up. Out here pulling a fucking Bill Cosby and shit, dog. God damn. You know what, man? It's weird shit, man. Um, I don't know if y'all heard about this shit yet. Uh, it's dude. He was in Ohio. He lives in Ohio, and he got pulled over for, for, I guess basically. Now nah, he ain't get the. Well, he ain't get pulled over for. Okay, let me try to explain it. They said he said he got pulled over for licking the police officer in the eye, which is some weird shit. And I believe him. You know, police officers do some. <laughs> man, don't even get me started, man. I'm gonna play this audio for it. Let y'all hear it. What happened? 
Man, yeah, it's some weird shit. I was shit. in touch with friend of the show David Sparks, who's from Ohio, the other day, and he told me that a man named John Felton, who's a Black American, posted a video to his Facebook page of being pulled over by police in Dayton, Ohio, and ultimately told that he was pulled over shit. in front of his mom's. He was pulled over. Here's part one of the video. Uh, uh. My name is Officer Benson Dane Police Department. The reason I'm pulling you over today, sir, is because you didn't signal 100 feet prior to your turn. That's what? All, you turned your turn signal on, but you didn't turn on 100 feet prior. Did I, did I say he was going to do all this? I, I watched you trail me the whole time. I said, well, I don't know why this cop is behind me. I'm glad I got my, my video camera okay. on, too. Well, you, I, I did signal. Okay. Okay. I did well, signal. You, you just I, needed I, a I, reason I to pull me over. I am acknowledging that you did signal. Okay, I am acknowledging that you signaled. You said do it 100 feet prior to your turn. You just needed a reason to pull me over, sir. Okay. Is is there a reason other than other than that? Because I did signal. You'll do I, 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 I have everything. Okay. So after this, the officer goes back to the police car, eventually comes back and reveals the real reason why he chose to pull Mr. Felton over. Mr. Felton having a sense that this explanation, well, you signaled, but it wasn't exactly a hundred feet before you turned. And <laughs> the real reason he pulled on the real reason he pulled him over because was black. Man, what up? The real reason. I mean, eye contact, man. Come on, really? Now it turns out that there was another factor here that made the officer pull over Mr. Felton. I will warn you, there is some strong language here. Take a look. No disrespect. I'll have nothing against police officers, but all the shit that's going on now, that's some scary shit. To have a police officer just trailing you, and then you well, just pull me a re because you said I didn't signal. What no, did, I, I do you know how it looks? You 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 drive without being there in the cop car, right? You know how it is when a police pulling you over. You're like, I'm not doing nothing. Why is he every move I make? Why is he making it? I'm not doing nothing okay. because I have a Michigan plate. Other than that, why was you trailing me? Because you made direct eye contact with me and held on to it while I was passing you. What? I, I made direct. I didn't even see you. I, until I'm not going to argue that anymore, sir. If you want to keep talking about, it, I'll just take a license back and give you a citation for the violation. We can take it to court. I'm That's right. Because you made direct eye contact with me. A stunning admission, Lewis. Direct eye contact and you get pulled over is direct. I guess that's it on, on that audio. Man, listen here, man. I mean, eye contact. I mean, I guess he, he could say that shit, but we really know why he pulled him over because he was black. But, you know, the eye contact, really? I mean, you get pulled over for that. I mean, it was already fucked up. He was saying that he pulled him over the first time because he ain't turned his fucking blanker on a hundred yards or a hundred feet or where the fuck it is before he turned. What kind of shit that is? But you know what? That what they pulled black people over for in 2015. So, you know, that's a lame excuse. Second of all, he going to tell the man he gave him eye contact, man. What the fuck ever? I mean, you can go jump off a fucking cliff with that shit right there, man. God damn. Weird shit, man. Weird shit right there. Um, let me see. Here's go. Trump unites and mobilizes Latino voters. Check this shit out right here. I first of all, before I before I play this audio, you know. I don't, I don't know why people even taking this guy seriously, but some people are. It's some, it's some weird shit to me. I mean, come on, man. First of all, this dude right here, you know, he's saying racist, racist shit. 
I'm, I'm talking about Donald Trump. He's saying racist shit, but nobody's saying it's racist. I mean, his his the people he's catering to is not saying it's racist. I mean, it's it just like when I be at the job and I talk I talk to one a coworker, or I be out somewhere and I talk to somebody who's white and it be like, um, I'm not a racist, but you know that, that's basically what he's doing. Man, shit kind of pisses me off. He been doing this shit for like the whole few months he been running on this campaign, and every time somebody questioning about it, I think what that does is that give the people who agree with him, you know, what I'm saying more fuel to the fire to get behind him, and which is fucked up because it lets you know how people really feel about us in this country, and, and I mean it's like damn man, what can you do? But uh, what? Uh. presidential candidate Donald Trump calls Univision anchor Jorge Ramos out of line, and today is defending his decision to toss Ramos out of a news conference last night. Who's uh, next? Yeah, please. Excuse me. Sit down. You weren't called. Sit down. You haven't been called. Go back to Univision. Ramos was trying to question Trump about his immigration policies. Eyewitness. Now, I remember when that happened last weekend? It was fucked up. You know, but hey, man, it's, I mean, it's his, his fucking little meeting, so I guess he could do what the fuck he want to do, kick whoever he want to kick out, but, you know, eh, eh. News reporter Leah Hope tells us how this latest media feud could mobilize the Latino vote. Picture, Mr. <laughs> and we're happy you're here. The work of the Latino Policy Forum moves forward, perhaps with renewed motivation after comments made by Donald Trump. He's done us a favor. He's mobilized and united the Latino electorate and Latino activists in ways that haven't been done before. Last night, President... And guess what, Donald Trump? You know what? Obama ain't win because all the black people came out and voted. You know, there's not enough black people in the fucking United States of America to push a fucking candidate through. But Obama won because Latinos voted for him, man. All the Spanish and brown people voted for him. So you keep on upsetting these people, man. You're not going to get their vote. I don't understand that about Republicans. You know, that's I guess that's what they, it's, they just stick. They just stick to their base so hard. I guess they feel they got to do that. But, man, when you pissing everybody off, what the fuck you think somebody going to come and vote for you? You know, you sit there and you telling gay people that you don't like them. You know, you think they're going to come vote for you? Whatever, man. Oh. Candidate Trump discounted well-respected TV journalist Jorge Ramos with Univision. Go back to Univision. Trump had Ramos ejected from the event, then allowed Ramos to return. I, have, I, can, I, I can ask no, you a question. Can, yes, in order. I have, I have the right to ask okay. a question. Univision was among the first corporate entities to actually severe ties uh, with Donald Trump uh, companies. And that upset him very much. Oscar Chacon with the National Alliance of Latin American and Caribbean Communities expects Trump's comments last night and previous comments about Mexicans will result in a more unified Latino message nationwide. Getting upset is good because it makes people realize that it's not enough to say we are the second largest group in the U.S. We think his remarks are obviously at the very best disrespectful 
and at the very worst, insulting and racist. The ultimate reaction to Trump's comments may come election day when whoever the presidential nominees are are particularly interested in the Latino vote, especially in those swing states. In the Pilsen neighborhood, Leah Hope, ABC7 Eyewitness News. Man, this shit, man. This this dude's silly as fuck, man. I mean, you keep on pissing off the wrong people, man. I mean, I don't know if this is publicity son or what, but it's some motherfuckers out there that that's voting for him, man. It, it just it fucking drives me. I was I was at the job one day and this guy was just telling me, oh, you know, he was trying to be sly with it. You know, I guess I don't know. He was trying to figure out where I'm at, but he was like, he was talking about Donald Trump and. He was trying to make it seem like, oh, but, you know, he's a great guy, but, I like, he won't vote. He's he telling me he won't vote for him, but it seems like he's going to vote for him. I mean, you, basically, he was agreeing with everything he was saying, but he don't want to vote. He don't want to vote for a TV star or who, not a TV star. I mean, because Trump, he, I mean, in all the grand scheme of things, he wasn't really a TV star at first. He was a... He's a businessman, a real estate person who made a lot of money. And from what I, I can remember, I'm told is that he really didn't make all his money like, like he tried to make it seem like oh he came from the ground up. His dad was rich or something like that, or his dad or his family had money and it got passed on. I mean, he might have made a little bit more money, but I mean, he come from well meaning. So, you know, all that bullshit he be spouting out his mouth, man, he go fuck himself, man. For real, man. I, I mean, he get the big fuck you from me, but yeah, it's it's a trip. Um, this woman, it's this shit is so funny. I I want you to um, <laughs> it, I don't know if you could really hear it, but this woman she stole a car, and then hold on, <laughs> one second, okay. Let me see if I can find this article because the shit was kind of funny to me. News article. Oh, I lost. I lost it. Oh, I lost it. I lost it. I lost it. Well, I can play you the audio on it. It's uh, basically this woman. She stole the car, and okay, I can play. I got two audios for it. Let me see. I think this one. A wild pursuit okay. in downtown L.A. We have dramatic video of the action as it unfolded. Take a look at this. This was the scene last night as a suspect in a stolen vehicle ran over a spike strip and blew the tire, but that didn't stop her from giving police a run for their money. At one point, she gets out and she dances a little bit, but then gets back into the vehicle. A few <laughs> moments later, officers swarmed the car, pulled her out, and took her into custody. The woman is believed to have been under the influence. Now, I got a video here. I wish you could see it. I mean, my whole plan of the show is to get it live, you know, get a chat room, you know what I'm saying? So I know I could post shit up in the chat, and I could, you know, do certain stuff I ain't able to do right now. But I got a lot of plans for this show. So, but I got this video. I don't know if you could hear it that good. What she, what, what she's, um, what's being played in the background.
<laughs> Ace should see it. Um, it, that's, it's Future. Who was she playing that Future and Drake song? I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, Where You At? I think that was called. Let me see if I can find this song for you and, and, and play it for you. Hold on. Future, Future. I think I got it right here. Okay, where you? Yeah. <laughs> I ain't no joke. I used to let the mic smoke. Now, why am I not playing my song? Okay, I want to hear all that. I want to hear nothing. Sorry about that. Talking to me about what you need, all this shit. Fuck that shit. I don't remember none of this shit. Where your ass was at, dog, with niggas one feet. Where your ass was at, dog, with bitches then eat. Where your ass was at, dog, with niggas try to run off. Where your ass at, dog, you made me put this gun out. Where your ass was at, dog, you went to switch sides. Where your ass was at, dog, with niggas spread lies. Where your ass was at, dog, I'm about to come slide. Where your ass was at, dog, and I was serving fire. Where your ass was at, dog, with niggas one feet. Where your ass. So that's what she was dancing to. I mean, it was the first you should seen the video, how she was just getting all crunk and shit, man. She was lifting up a shirt. She wasn't really dancing. But, you know, <laughs> if you just, you gotta go check the uh, video out. If you can, Google Women Steal Car Dances to Future. And you will see the video. It's, it's a very funny video. Uh, let me see where we at right now. Hmm. Okay. Um, black man with history of mental illness found dead in Virginia jail cell. Man, this is some fucked up shit right here, man. Last Wednesday, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, Jamie Mitchell, who had a history of bipolar disorder and schizophrenia, was found dead in Portsmouth, Virginia jail cell. After spending four months behind bars, <laughs> some fuck that shit, without bail for stealing $5 worth of groceries, man. What kind of shit that is? The 23-year-old Mitchell's body is still awaiting an autopsy, but his family believes that he started death after refusing to eat or take his medication. But what the fuck is he doing in jail without bail for $5 worth of groceries he stole? Come on, man. <sighs> His body failed, Mitchell's aunt, Roxanne Adams, a registered nurse, said in an interview with The Guardian. It is extraordinary. The person I saw deceased was not even the same person, man. Damn it. Adams said that she seen Mitchell in court recently and estimated that he lost at least 65 pounds since his arrest. He was extremely emaciated. She also said that medics at the jail told her that Mitchell had been refusing to take his medication. Man, they obviously the dude was crazy. So the jail wasn't the place he should have been. He should have been in a fucking, you know, some type of mental institution or something, man. God dang. She, she also said that the med, okay. Um, his medication, which had included, excuse me, sorry about that, which had included Antipsychotic drugs and a mood stabilizer, as well as further antipsychotic drugs prescribed to him while in jail. Man. The Guardian the reports that, according to a clerk at Portsmouth District Court, Mitchell was arrested on April 22nd for stealing 
a bottle of Mountain Dew, a Snickers bar, and a fucking zebra cake. From a 7-Eleven at that, man. How the fuck you even call the police on that shit? What, the police officer was there waiting for him when he did it? Come on, man. Court police and jail officials could not explain why Mitchell was not offered bail. Yeah. Yeah, because they didn't give a fuck. Or they didn't give a fuck. On the same day of Mitchell's arrest, Portsmouth police officer Stephen Rankin shot and killed an unarmed 18-year-old William Chapin. Oh, shit. Shit just got real, boy. On, outside of Walmart. A court clerk said that Judge Morton Whitlow had ruled in May that Mitchell was not competent to still stand trial and that he be transferred to a state-run mental health facility, Eastern State Hospital, for treatment. So what the fuck the problem is? They should have got his ass out there as soon as they felt that his fucking health was fucking get it back down to the bottom, man. I mean, come on. Really? The clerk said that typically in such a case, we do in order to restore the defendant to competence. Send it, send it to the hospital, and when the hospital has a bed, we do a transportation order, and he's taken to the hospital. Whitlow reiterated the order on July 31st and was due to review the case again on September 4th, according to the clerk. Okay, so the hospital didn't have no beds. But what they felt like the best place for him to sit was at jail for stealing the fucking Mountain Dew and Zebra cake? Come on. Now, I, could, I mean, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I, I'm pretty sure that the best place for a person who's in that type of mental state is not jail. Man, this shit is so crazy. But the hospital said it had no vacancy as the 24-year-old was therefore detained in jail until his death on August 19th. Man, he was in jail for that long for a fucking zebra cake. Man, the fucking Mountain Dew. Which, ew. I'm not a zebra cake fan, but whatever, man. Whatever floats your boat, go for it. Um, ask which agency was ultimately accountable for is Sharon Mitchell's transfer to the hospital? The court said it's hard to tell. Of course it's hard to tell, because none of y'all motherfuckers don't want to take responsibility for this man's death. But whatever, man. Senior prison officials said his death was not being treated as suspicious. You know what's you know why? Because I mean, y'all didn't put no hands on him. That's why it's not suspicious. But it's y'all fault. I mean, basically what they say that oh it's not suspicious. Because it was suspicious, then they feel like that is their fault. So now they can say, Oh, it's, we're not to blame. He didn't take his meds and he didn't eat his food. But the man was fucking not right. So, it is y'all fault. If I'm in charge of a person and he's not, he's he's in a state of mind that he's slow or some type of way, and and he's right beside me, and I let him cross the street, just to let him cross the street. You know, I don't say stop or do anything, and he get hit by a fucking car. It's gonna be my fault. Because I'm in charge of that person. It's the same fucking way with if he's in a jail and he's not right and he's not eating and he's not taking fucking medication, then it's your fault he's dead. It's, it's no if and buts about that shit right there. Uh, senior prison official said his death was not being treated as suspicious. As of right now, it's deemed natural causes. And Natasha Perry, the master jail officer at Hampton Roads Regional Jail. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, mm, fucked up.
Let's see if I can find this right here. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Okay, first of all. Okay, Black Lives Matter activist disrupts Bowser's speech on how to stop killing. Um, Bowser, I think that's the mayor. Okay, yeah. That's the mayor of Washington, D.C. She's a black lady. Or she's the mayor. Okay, I think she's the mayor of Washington, D.C. Um, first of all, you know, the people right there, Black Lives Matter, man. Man, thank God we had these people out here, man. Because they bring like a lot of shit up to the forefront you know it's it, it like if you i mean if you just look at some years back it was some shit that was going on right now just happen would it happen it, it was kind of like it would have been a news story but then it, it would just kind of like slid on the rug but man black lives matter man they they keep that shit in the forefront and man thank god for the people man because you know what i was at work it's about like i say about um about Month and a half ago, when something had happened, and and it, what was it? I can't remember, man. But I know the guy. He was like, "Oh well, white dude." He was like, "Well, Black Lives Matter, man. They 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 racist. All they talk about Black Lives Matter. Where it should be? I he went on that shit. All lives matter. But you know what? You know this guy right here, man. Fuck you, man. You know." All, all lives matter, man. They, to me, all that shit is is a fucking way to be like, oh, excuse my racism. You know, man, whatever. Uh, I'm going to get to the story. Anger overrides the murder rate and the disrespect to it boiled over into a shot and match Thursday at Mayor Muriel E. Bowser struggled to tell a crowd about a new initiative to fight crime while being shut down by protesters. Protesters. Browser D planned to announce a wide-ranging $15 million plan to boost both community programs and police presence. See, this is where she's slipping up at. The problem ain't it ain't enough fucking police. The problem is that it ain't enough fucking police training. You know, the police out there being assholes got, feel like they got the right to do what the fuck they want to do and harass black people on the streets. I mean, that's a problem. I hate when they be like, oh, in your community, we just don't have enough police presence. What the fuck? What, I mean, police presence, all they're going to do is take more black people to jail. That's the problem right there. It's too many. First of all, you keep black people in jail, and that's just a fucking running cycle. I'm not going to get into it right now. I, that, I can say that shit for another show. But, uh, man, the plan includes financial incentives to keep police on the force despite a looming retirement bubble. The fuck they gotta do what? As well as legislation that will increase some penalties for for violent crimes and give the police the power to search the residents for <laughs> violent ex offenders. Or oh, is that supposed to be sex offenders or ex offenders? Ex offenders. Now fuck you. Just because I commit the violent crime some. Sometimes they don't mean you got the right to come and search my fucking place because you feel like it. But the protesters linked to a nationwide movement that has mobilized over allegations of police misconduct and interrupted at her first mention of putting more officers on the streets. 
community activists quickly joined the chance on the Black Lives Matter with their own demand for jobs and recreation. See, that's, see, that's what I'm talking about right there. You know, she's on a motherfucking plan to announce a wide range of $15 million plans to boost both community programs and police presence. But, you know, it's common sense. You know, Black Lives Matter came out, hey, we need jobs and recreation centers. You know, something for the kids and something for the people who finish school. Because, like, okay, I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's a random cycle. When you're a kid and you don't have nowhere to go, you know, I mean, you don't have nothing to do. It's so hard not to do wrong. Now you get older, you're doing wrong. Now I ain't no jobs. I mean, come on, man. Like I said, I could do a whole nother, nother story about that shit. Hold on, I'm gonna try to play this video and let y'all hear it. Hopefully, it ain't no bullshit commercial on it. We refuse to let the district succumb to this national trend. Every life is precious, every loss is intolerable. There is no easy answer. Many have died because of conflicts between family members, neighbors, friends even, fights over senseless things, bruised egos, perceived slights. There has been an uptick in the use of synthetic drugs. Not synthetic marijuana, but synthetic drugs that inhibits judgment and can lead to violence in people. We also know that there are a small number of repeat violent offenders who get out of jail and within a short period of time commit their next violent crime or become victims of violent crime themselves. So let me tell you what we've done. We put more officers on the streets, especially in communities that have been hardest hit by crime. By using overtime, we have 182 more officers on the streets in the city's most vulnerable areas. Additionally, additionally, we have 235 officers working 12-hour shifts who focus on narcotics. I'm happy to talk to everybody, but right now we're gonna talk about our plans. Since mid-June, we have deployed and devoted more than $1 million to police in overtime. Now I'm gonna talk about our plan, and I'm also gonna talk about what we can do with the community. Who's with me? Who's with me? Who's with me? Who's with me? So, so I am going to continue to talk about our plan. We're going to we're going to thank everybody for their feedback, and we will have an opportunity to listen. My friends say Ward Eight matters. You think they got to tell me that? You think they're going to 
every now and then. They wouldn't see me just that election time, but they would see me every time it counts. And so I got to tell you, one thing about Muriel Bowser, she does what she says she's going to do. So, you know, you know, my problem is, is that I guess everybody way of taking care of the community ain't everybody way of taking care of the community. You, like that police president bullshit. I mean, what's that going to solve? I mean, I mean, right now, man, the problem, a lot of black people feel like the problem is police. So putting more fucking problems in front of somebody's face, it's not gonna solve anything. And like I said, right now we feel like that that's the problem. So why is you gonna add more police presence on the screen? You know, when it comes down to it, man, like Black Lives Matter said, um jobs and recreation centers. I've been like on that fucking tandem for years. For years. You know, man, but it's like <sighs> I don't know. Gotta fix that shit. Do what you gotta do, though, I guess. Hmm. <sighs> Let me check this out. Um, Police investigate cops Ferguson shooting comment. Is that an old story? It's still 19 hours ago. Uh, Chicago police said Wednesday that the head of the department has ordered the investigation of an incident in which a white officer tells a man shooting a video that Michael Brown deserved to be shot last year in Ferguson, Missouri. The killing of the unarmed black ATO boy by a white officer in St. Louis suburb sparked protest. The Black Lives Matter movement and a national debate over police treatment over minorities. In the video during an apparent argument, the unidentified man shooting the video mentions Brown's name and said he doesn't trust police because they might shoot us. The plainclothes officer, after responding that he doesn't care if the innocent is being if the incident is being recorded, says that Brown got what he had coming. CPD prides itself on a forced and productive relationship with communities to help make Chicago safer. Um, Gullagamy said in a statement, the comments in this video are troubling and do not represent the views of the department. Um, the race of the human man, the race of the man shooting the video is unclear, but the officer comment that it's all black people that live here indicates that the, inc the incident occurred in a black neighborhood the video is less than a minute long. Let me see. Man, this is what killed me. Okay, check out these comments. Michael Brown did a stupid thing and got shot for it. Simple as that. And then Black Lives Matter so much. Why do not? Why do not the blacks practice that? <laughs> I'm li I live outside Fort Myers where every week we have at least one death by a black man. On black crime and because the media has to be politically correct and they cannot point the fact out but it's it's true man dude not a fucking right 
But it is true. Do not take my word for it. Check it out yourself. Black lives only matter if a white man shoots a black. It is the way it seems to me. But see, this is what they get me with this shit right here. Okay, like it's the all lives matter bullshit. The point is, man, the police don't bug white people and kill white people like they kill black people. That's the whole fucking point. And you can't tell me that it's, a, it's not a difference. Cause it's a big fucking difference. I remember it was a it was it was like a scratch in my life, man. When I was I would I drive past the stop sign. It'd be me and my son. I drive past the stop sign and I get pulled over about once a week for like a whole two months. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? The first time I got pulled over, I, the dude said I kind of um, did it like one of the most Chicago stops, like ran a stop sign, which I know I didn't, but okay, whatever. He he ain't give me a ticket. Because I really believe I didn't do it. But he didn't give me no tickets, so it moved on. Okay, so the next week, I made sure I stopped. Same fucking thing. He said I kind of ran a stop sign. So I'm like, what the fuck? So I started stopping earlier. So like two days later after that, I got pulled over again for the same fucking shit. But then, I swear, about two weeks later, I get pulled over like two days in a row. And... All they did was ask for my license and, and tell me why I get pulled over or what I did. So, and you can't tell me that police don't fuck with black people. I mean, fuck with white people the same way they fuck with black people. I just don't see it, man. Uh, here come this smart motherfucker. Oh, yeah, you're a genius, dude. So, it's illegal to tell the truth now. All of the evidence from three different forensic teams, one of the, from the local state level, one the parents hired to, to try to debunk the other one in fearing a cover-up, and one from the DOJ, which uh, all concluded that he attacked the officer. So what the fuck is your point? You know, the whole thing was, see, the whole thing with this officer, he's an officer of law. I mean, I swear that everyone's supposed to uphold them to a higher standard than everybody else because they got the law in their hand. So... This officer who said this comment was being very insensitive about the situation. He shouldn't be saying that he deserved to die. Because first of all, he didn't deserve to die, man. The man had no fucking weapon on him. So the only way you should kill a person is if he's a threat to your fucking life. So he didn't deserve to fucking die. You know what I'm saying? You can get into the details of whether he did this or he did that. But he didn't deserve to die. Because he ain't do shit wrong to deserve to die. You know what I'm saying? He ain't kill nobody. He ain't hurt nobody. He ain't really... I mean, he got to scuffle with this fucking police officer. But he didn't like... I mean, he was a threat. I mean, what? Oh, oh man. But clearly, Michael Brown did deserve to be shot. He tried to take the officer's gun away and would have killed him with it. Then after assaulting the officer, instead of... Man, you know what? Oh, man. Enough to know we... Enough to know we do not need vile thugs like Brown in our society. Freedom of speech. Why is this cause for investigation? Because he's a fucking police officer, man. And he's supposed to be held to a high standard, man. That's the shit he said was so fucking insensitive, man. How the fuck can a person not understand that? I mean, you can't go say certain shit at your fucking job. And that's your fucking job. All you do is probably fucking dead bitches. So how the fuck are you going to think a police officer could say that a person deserved to die? Do you want somebody protecting you who can't do anything to protect your life? 
For a brief moment there, I was I thought I was going to get to agree with the come here and come in, but then he kept on riding. I ain't much to read the rest of that shit. And the killing of the unarmed black ATO boy by a white officer media mantra continues. Brown was a large, violent black male. So since we a large, violent black male, first of all, how the fuck he knew it was a large, violent black male? I'm a large black male. You know, I'm pretty tall, pretty big. So I I'm supposed to be okay that a motherfucker's are scared of me. <clears throat> you know what? Moving on, man. Moving on. Fuck this story. It's bullshit. Fuck them and fuck about how fucking terrible black people is. I'm tired of hearing that shit right though. I don't know, man. Let's do something positive. Let's see if I can find something positive on here. Okay, here's something good. Stephanie Reddy will become the first NBA full-time female local TV commenter. Damn. The first? Oh, man. She all right. Um, let's see. Okay, Stephanie Reddy won't be the first female analyst to work NBA games. Ann Meyer, Nancy, Liber Nancy Lieberman, and Reddy have all worked occasionally on a local level. While Doris Burt routinely works nationally televised games for ESPN. She will, however, become the first full-time local NBA game analyst and color commentator in 2015-16 season for the Charlotte Hornets. Announced as much as much on Thursday. Man, man I thought they would have somebody would have been had um a female commentator, but you know, hey, that's good. Good for you. You know, I got two daughters. I would like to be able to do anything they want. And if it took this long, I mean, now that this barrier broke, hey, this could be on their list to do anything they want. That's good. This is actually the reason I got into television in the first place. I always wanted to become a game analyst. I have a passion for the game of basketball and being a coach. You teach, you teach the game and you and you learn how to explain the game to people who may not understand it. I thought being a game analyst on television would be perfect because that was that's what you get to do, said Stephanie. Um this is not only important news because Reddy is a woman, this is important news for those in North Carolina who watch the Hornets and those of us will leave past that tune into the Hornet game because Stephanie <laughs> because Stephanie Reddy Red because Stephanie Reddy is really, really good. <laughs> Damn, I'm trying to say that shit ten times. So is Dale Curry, the 16-year NBA pro and the incumbent game analyst and new play-by-play -play man Eric Collin, who is also a former sideline reporter with Reddy as sideline reporter and Curry behind the mic in previous incarnations. The Hornets broadcast team was often the most entertaining part of an otherwise dreary, dreary <laughs> Charlotte Bobcat or Hornets contest, so it only makes sense to get a ready more on, more on air time. So, I mean, that's good, man. You know, uh, <laughs> all right, here's my comment. She has good energy for the preseason game show, but Dwight is wrong that she is really, really good because she is actually really, really raw based on the few times I have heard her. 
do color last season when she filled in for Dell. You could tell she know the game well. Amazing what the internet search can do. See Marty's moving over the radio to call Hornets game there. Okay, I watch sports, so I cannot have some women's lips flapping in my ears for a little while. Wow. Wow. Most women's voices are annoying. It's one of those negative negatives a man often has to tolerate to be with one. Fortunately, fortunately, wives sounds like Kathleen Turner. Man, wow, dude. <laughs> That's fucked up. Uh... The new mom, women want to be a man. Oh, oh, that was just nasty. Dude. Ain't gonna even finish reading that shit right though. Man, but yeah, good job for you, Stephanie. Good job. Kudos. Yeah. All right. And, um, let me see. I'm, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go ahead and end this show right now. I think it's been on long enough for right now. Um, I. Probably put one back out next week. I don't know what day. Um, I do have a Twitter account. Um, is um at, um at Dry Peanut. So if you want to tweet me a me- message, uh, is at D R I V E P N U T at Dry Peanut. Um, I really enjoyed this show. I mean, doing this show for y'all, and I hope that. Y'all liked it too? Uh, let me see what else I got. Uh, well, that's all I can really think of right now. Um, so, y'all folks have a good evening. And make sure that y'all tell your friends about this podcast. Remember, tweet me at Dry Peanut. D R I V E P N U T. Alright.